Welcome into Everything Money channel. As always, Seth here in my Hawaiian shirt, which I love. We welcome you to the channel. All the new subscribers, new patrons, thanks for joining us again. Um, Tom Nash reacted to one of our videos. We didn't ask him to. Uh, Paul, this is funny. I follow Tom. Tom's been a subscriber as ours. For how long? Many months now. So we look on our channel, we can see who subscribes us. We have some big names and we're gonna be re reaching out to some of you who have uh, some subscribers out there. But um, I never heard of Tom. No, we won't. I, I, I never heard of Tom. And so, but I, I saw he followed us two, two months ago. So I started watching his videos. So lo and behold, yesterday, Paul, I fire up a Tom video about Palantir. He starts talking about Palantir drama. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. And then someone in his Patreon, Maybe send him a video. Okay, well, this is interesting. Does then he have a Patreon? Yeah, I think he does. Oh. Anyway, he starts talking about some guys, and I'm like, wow, these guys sound familiar. Then he says, yeah, I think the guy's name is Paul. And I was like, I know a Paul. Then when he said you were uh, a Michigan grad, all I'm like, oh, he my God. He thinks I'm a Michigan grad. Yeah, so I said, oh, my God. is he, he? I think he's talking about us. And next thing you know, he starts cutting in our footage. So, Paul, there were some um, things I'd love for you to clarify. And, Please ask. And for our viewers, is really the idea of like, you know, you talk all the time about investing takes into account a lot of assumptions. Yep. Especially in people's words and language and how they use them. And, and, and my, how do you mean? I mean, like, um, you know, we're going to hear in Tom's video about um, how you, you're prone to ignoring growth. <laughs> you're, um, you're, you're prone to, um, you're just, you're prone to ignoring potential. And, and, and I think we like don't to make jokes like that because people will believe you who've never heard guys for those of you who are new every video I do I do a chart of like one through five years showing growth what I'm against is overpaying oh, for growth. that's what I wrote down is what, what all know. I care about is don't overpay for growth if you look at my financial models on stocks don't don't respond till he says it. okay you know I love you though and for the patrons you know I love you out there as well let's get into it I present to you he joined our live stream this morning that was very nice of him I mean, um, you've, whatever. You've never seen this person. You, I, I want to double down, folks. And when I say Paul won't watch a video, even when you tell him this video is about us. We were driving away. He wants to fight us in that he will not watch YouTube. He has never seen you, Tom, before. I watch music I videos. Have. I watch every one of your videos, Tom. So here we go. Here we go. Paul. Can, can, well, the other thing is, yesterday we were driving back. You know, we have a big announcement to make soon about a partnership we just did. We just invested in a company for our merch. Tim and I went to the mall to go look at their stuff. As we were driving back, Tim's like, let me put this video on. I said, no. He goes, oh, come on, just a little bit. No, well, I don't watch videos. Oh, you're watching it now. I watch oh, music my videos. goodness. So it seems we have more Palantir drama. Just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. Unbelievable. So you guys sent me another video talking about the bear case of Palantir and complaining about all that excessive hype about Palantir on YouTube, which I think is justified. I completely agree with that. Now, I've never seen this channel before, nor I'm going to put it on this video because I don't want none of you going over there. He's starting never seen some our channel before. He just subscribed for the last two months. Ridiculous. Okay. It's a purely academic discussion, which I'm happy to have since I kind of consider myself the fundamentals guy on YouTube and oh I absolutely am in love with Palantir. So I think it's a very interesting case that we can actually break down from these two steps. I know you say, oh boy, because we've heard fundamentals before out of a lot of fundamentals. Kathy Wood people. talks about being a value investor. Stockmo is a fundamental long-term holder and while he's showing a five-minute chart. so And Tiger um, Woods is also a very dedicated married man. As long as he says so, he's a very faithful married man. Right. So I know I know why you snickered that, but keep going. They can talk about theirs. And now I get to talk about mine. And there's not going to be any nonsense or drama. So there's not going to be any channel naming, nothing. So check this out. So initially, when you guys sent me the video, I went over there and I thought, again, this might be some cloud chasing because I saw these guys put out 17 videos in the past week. 
we have been accused of clout chasing in the past. What the heck's clout chasing? I, I just tell them, I think it has, it's like a vegetable. <laughs> but I'm totally joking the whole Can time. You put a cricket sound up there? <laughs> yeah, I got the crickets here. You, gotta, you control the cricket, you got to call yourself I out. I will, I will. <laughs> like, um, no, I try to joke around people. Of course, people are saying that we're trying to ride coattails. The funny part is, if you've watched any of our videos, we're very, we acknowledge the fact that we, that we are not for everybody, obviously. We're the only ones that basically talk the opposite of We're the of only stuff. channel that, that doesn't have a desire to be like 10 million subscribers. Absolutely not. We want to have half a million to a million subscribers that are dedicated to us. If it ends up being more, awesome. If it doesn't, we want people who just buy into our teaching method. Just like Harvard doesn't want to be the school for everybody. They want to be a school for a few people. Not saying we're Harvard, but it's just the exclusivity we're trying to do. And, and just to be clear and double down on this, Paul has multiple businesses upstairs. I myself have two businesses and Mo handles a portfolio of, 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 of lots of 10 money. million, lots of money, millions of dollars. So um, this is not our job, folks. This is, this is our side piece, as, you, as you're very aware of. <laughs> Those are insane numbers. I mean, for me, even the video per day takes a lot of time, a lot of research. However, when I dove deeper into the channel, I got to tell you I was wrong. Their videos are solid. Their analysis is actually quite nice. And I Thank like you, the Tom. guy who was featured in that specific video. I think his name was Paul. I really enjoyed <laughs> listening to his logic. I feel like I could have a beer with him. I also believe- I don't drink. Coke Zero, yeah. Yeah, Might I don't be drink. A Wolverine, I don't know. In any case, very good channel with very interesting videos. Absolutely so by the way, no Tom's a Wolverine, correct? I don't know why you said I think that. I, I think I saw on a video of his, like a, oh. a, 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 what's it called? Thumbnail. Thumbnail, thank you. That there was like a Michigan logo in there. because My I only thought like, is he kind of looks like Wolverine like me. We're he kind does of, kind yeah. of, you're right. Towards them and I absolutely enjoyed this video. But I think we deserve to hear the counter arguments to a lot of the stuff they said. And I got to be yeah. honest with you, I absolutely agree with their initial premise, which is that Palantir got overhyped on YouTube because of a lot of BS hype artists who don't even understand the business model, who probably never opened the financial report and just spewing this because they want to get clout and view. This is our problem with a lot of these hyper stocks is that people have no clue how many videos, remember back in the day we would say how many people believe in Tesla, they've never actually been in a Tesla. They've you know what, by the way, I don't think that's needed. I, I don't buy into that premise that you must, you must love the company in order to, no, you, there's a difference between the company and the stock. I don't, I don't drive a Tesla, but if Tesla was a company that did $300 billion in revenue with 10% bottom line margin, you'd love it. Just like Amazon. I use Amazon every single day. Not buying the stock. But I just don't buy the stock. I mean, yeah. there's a big difference between the two. And this is the most fundamental difference between, I don't, it's just like when people talk about politics, people say, oh, if you don't, if you, if you're not a woman, you can't have this view. No, it's just, you can have a view yeah. and it'd be separate of your, in fact, I think it's more important that you have a view on something you're not biased about in terms of what you're in love with. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's keep going. I 100% agree. However, me being one of the original bulls of Palantir, I think I was making videos about Palantir six months ago when it was $18 and I haven't sold even when it got to 40. For me, it was never about that. It's about the fundamental analysis, but here's the thing. And this is something we absolutely have to understand because we are allowed to have different opinions. I like these guys and we don't agree on Palantir. That is fine because I think we it's have a $21 a share right now, by the way. Okay. Okay. Just and I don't think we have to live in echo chambers. Whenever somebody says something we don't agree with, we absolutely have to block them and ignore them. Let's talk about it. That's the whole point of liberalism and the whole point of pluralism. I think the guy who was talking to, I think his name was Paul, is mainly a real estate guy. So I understand where he's coming from. And essentially, he's looking please at it pause. like a pure investment right now. Breathe. What's the cash flow? What's the numbers? No, please he's pause. Okay, go ahead. So the ironic part about all this, guys, is first off, I don't believe, I think you're an investment person. And you might, 
understands certain things about certain areas. Ironically, my oh. real estate friends tell me, Paul, you look at real estate the way you look at stocks. That's the ironic thing about the whole thing. Whatever side is trying to, I'm not saying Tom's trying to criticize me, but whatever's trying, you know, I'm not a real estate guy. I'm an investment guy. I have businesses, I have stocks, I have real estate. <laughs> I have the same fundamental analysis in all three, but I look at them differently. As an example, if I found a piece of real estate, I thought revenue could grow 5% a year. That's insanely high. For a stock, that's not. That's the whole point. Like it all depends on the asset you're looking at. So when Tom says this, I chuckle going, wait a second. Am I a real estate guy? I'm an investment guy who just understands business, stocks, and real estate. I mean, one of your favorite sayings, which we have to reiterate is, is like a dollar is a dollar. You got me thinking that way. It's like, oh, a dollar is a dollar right now today. And I might as well put it in a great place. So yes, let's keep going. We kind of rooted fundamentals guy. However, we have completely different views of what fundamental analysis really is, because coming from real estate, I know how he's thinking. I have a very different mindset as far as fundamentals. So I don't think that I'm fundamental real estate. I've been doing stocks since age 13. I started real estate at age of 22. Would you agree that uh, you would have a different mindset with real estate and stocks? No, I have the same mindset. Oh. I have the exact same mindset. It's still a fundamental mindset. The changes, the growth levels and the profit levels and the leverage levels of real estate versus stocks. Okay. The, the, the mindset's the same. I'm still a value guy. I yeah. still want to buy a dollar for less than a dollar. Yeah. Whether it's real estate, stocks, or businesses, I want to buy a dollar for less than a dollar. And what I'm confused with Palantir is it was good when he bought it at 18. It was good at, eight, at 40. It's still good at it. Now it's down to 18. 21. Okay. Well, when when is it not? No, I, when I made the video, it was at 18. But oh. the point is, when is it not good? I mean, a lot of these, the folks who are hyping up some of these companies, it's just always good. So it's that's, that's a great point and, you bring up. So Because people say to me all the time, Paul, is there? I, I'll give you a price on every single stock at some point. If you want me to give you a price, I can. Companies like Palantir, companies like Tesla, it's a little harder to. A company like Amazon, no, I can give you a price on Amazon. And right now, by the way, I looked at Google today. If you assume Google's last five years of growth will continue on for the next five, 10 years, it's worth what it's selling for today. Mm -hmm. The question is, is that realistic? Assumption. Is that a realistic assumption? So when he sits there and says our fundamental view is different, no, it's not different. Your assumptions are different. Okay, let's keep going. Has to completely ignore and completely overlook any future upside and future potential. No. Sorry, Tom. I love you. I appreciate the video and I appreciate the positivity. Let's keep going. Just, just hear him out until you can, you can get all and Doing of that, essentially ignoring future upside altogether, creates a very biased analysis, a very dry analysis. Pause. Where, That's not right. Just like his view of only look at the future is yeah. a very biased analysis. That's I mean, this is absolutely incorrect. And everybody looks at everybody looks at the future. It's what assumptions do you make going into the future? And what do you want to pay for the future? Can't, I mean... Every single company that we look at, we have to look at the future five to 10 years down the road. That is what we do. Yes. There is so, a piece of real estate. It's just wrong statement. There's a, my best performing piece of real estate, guys, my best piece of real estate with my highest returns, I paid above ask price for. So if all I cared about was getting a good deal and didn't care about the future, why would I have paid above ask? I paid above ask because I knew the future of it. I bought it for 2.75, put a million and a half into it. It recently placed for 9.3. And it spits off hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash flow with six and a half million dollars of debt on it. So I bought it. I'm into it for 4.3, put six and a half million dollars in debt on it. So I got $2 million in tax free. If I didn't care about the future, I would have never bought that piece of real estate. This because is true, as you know, is, that property was worth 2.1 on the rents that were in place at the time I bought it. You know, and go, I paid 2.75 for it. I'm sorry to interrupt, but going back to oh, paying fine. for future is you invested in this show when we had only 20,000 subscribers. I put hundreds of thousands. And we're giving away two Teslas. Paul is swiping his credit card for 75 grand this year. By the way, I was wrong. Last month, I didn't make money. Oh, sorry about that. That's <laughs>
because we bought new cameras. But again, folks, I mean, he's paying for growth. He's believed, well, the belief, let's get into this because he talks about believing in companies as well. But yeah. You, Based on that analysis, you'd never put any money into a company that's in a growth stage or a startup or a buyer. Which, by the way, I do just, every single day. Those nine, 10 businesses upstairs yes. are all doing seven figures and I'm trying to get them to eight and multiple eight figures. Uh, what do you think that involves? It involves reinvesting my profit back into it year in Dynasty and year out owner, yeah. and living off of 10% of the profit. My brother and I live off 10% of the profit for a reason because we want to reinvest in the business. This is, guys, this is where I have to call Tom out. Tom, I appreciate the video. And I know you don't know me, just like we don't look into it, but, but you're making an a blatantly inaccurate statement here. Not because you, just because you don't know, because most people are not like me. Most people aren't fundamentally, Warren Buffett is a huge guy on growth. He reinvests back in every single company. He just doesn't overpay for growth. Mm -hmm. That's it, guys. We'll keep going. We'll keep going. Whatever. Which is not necessarily the case for me because I absolutely think that those investments make a lot of sense if you can pick the right company. But again, these are complete. If you can pick the right no, company. No, if you can buy it at the right price. Not if you pick the right company, if you can buy it at the right price. Interesting. I'll keep going. Not interesting. Perspectives because we look at investments differently, even though both of us no, are don't. fundamental guys. I mean, we, However, yeah, we do, actually. We do, we do look at investments differently, but I'm looking at the way you claim to be looking at it, and you're not looking at it the way you claim to look at it, Tom, because if you cared about the future potential, if you sit there and say future potential is all that matters, then pay whatever you then pay, you pay, pay every, single every single penny along the way, you should pay for it. Yeah. Because the, the growth potential is huge. We can all agree that if a company's going to make. With Palantir. If the company can make $1, then $2, and $3, and $4, and $5 in the next five years, would you pay $10 million for it? No. But it's going to grow 400%. It's going to go from 1 to 5. By the way, it's 400%, not 500% for those of you math nerds out there. Why wouldn't you pay $10 million for it? Well, it's unreasonable. When is it exactly. not? When, when it does not it start being? At some point, it's unreasonable. And the great news about math is it'll tell you. All I'll say to you is, okay, if a company's going to make $1, 2 3 4 and $5 over the next five years... And you want to make 20%, it's a simple calculation. You got to pay X for the, it's a, it's a net present value calculation. If you pay X, you make 20% a year. If you pay Y, if you pay Y, you make 15, you make 25. It's all, it's just math, guys. Mm -hmm. Cash in, cash out. It's just math. Whether it's real estate, stocks, or business, it's just math. That's keep, it. Let's keep going. Being one thing, there was a lot of hype around Palantir. I completely agree with him. And trust me, that annoys me just as much as it annoys him. That was getting out of hand. I had that gag reflex every time I saw this shit on YouTube. However, <laughs> hype in itself is not an indicator, good or bad. You can't make your well, moral judgment. I thought this was uh, profound. I mean, I wrote it down. I said, no, I don't think that's true. Hype does not equal good or bad. It's no, I, I think to myself, hype. I guess what I, guess, I understand what he's saying, but hype to me is going is all if you were to tell me paul here are two companies one is really really hyped one is not which one's more likely to be overpriced the hype one the hype one well okay, now granted right. you can probably find some situation without the case but if you go look at history companies are best to be bought when they're not hyped now look at amazon amazon has proven me wrong because i was shorting amazon at 300 and now i think it's worth 800 to a thousand okay great and it's been hyped ever since but there'll be a time when Amazon's not hyped and it's worth 2000 a share and it's probably selling for less than that. Okay, that's when I'll be a buyer. And you know what's going to happen on YouTube? Paul, you always hated Amazon. I hated Amazon at that price yeah. versus that value. That's a great point. But a company being good or bad based on hype. Hype says nothing about what's under the hood of the actual company. That is true. So being overhyped is not- By the not way, with that statement, he should know that <laughs> you don't care about the hype right. there. That's mm -hmm. exactly it. Hype doesn't say anything about what's underneath the hood. That's a good statement. That's a great statement. We got to practice that now. Yep. An indication of the company being bad.
It's just an indication that in the short term, you're going to see a correction, which we did. And a lot of people panic, but again, not me. I wasn't jumping out of my seat when it went to 40 because I knew it was going to correct. And I'm not going to go drinking in my basement now that it's a 20. I just think it's a slow process. Now, check this out. Let's look under the hood of this company and let's look at the claims he's making in this video to actually give you the flip side of the bull analysis of Palantir from a fundamentals perspective. Because at the end of the day, hype is meaningless in the long term. And this company, based on their own statements during the last Q1 earnings call, which I listened to, they specifically said our goal to be the biggest and most important. Pause. Everybody's goal is that. Ken Lay, go look him up, Enron CEO. By his own words, when Enron was at $70 a share, it said it's worth 120. Two years later, it was worth zero. Guys, with hype, they got to keep the hype going. I'm not saying there are, by the way, Peter Thiel is you the love. one that backs Palantir. Yeah. I love Peter Thiel. But let's just, I, I don't, if you only went based on what the company says about themselves, yeah. come on that's why we that's why when we when we did the reaction video to me kevin when when he got to the part and he was like we're gonna go through what tesla says about the company yeah. we're like well we're we just care. gonna skip that yeah, part skip yeah it. yeah but they're gonna of course they're gonna cheerlead themselves they're not gonna say yeah we're gonna probably suck in a little Which, yeah well, yeah it's, come on. here we go okay, company go in the world now usually i would say this is wishful thinking i would say smh you know come on you're a 40 billion dollar company you know we're close to being the biggest software company in the world that's ridiculous you know you're leaps and bounds far from where you want to Pause. be this could end up being the biggest software company in the world yeah i understand that completely sure but if you have 100 palantirs with everything exactly the same you're going to end up doing poorly i love what he, he i love what you're saying and i get that reaction but setting these goals make a lot of sense when you understand a what their product is what their plan is, and mainly who's the brains behind this operation. And I get it. It's like a kid who's like 15 saying, I'm going to be in the NBA. I'm going to be an all-star. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds like that, it's a uh, vanity analogy. claim. However, you have to remember there are outliers. We had kids like Kevin Garnett and Kobe Bryant who played in the NBA when they Pause. were 18. For every Kevin Garnett and Kobe Bryant, there are 10,000 who went nowhere. Yeah, and I, 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 I instantly thought about this Probably when Tom said that. this because, you know, there, yeah, LeBron James won in a gajillion, one I mean, once literally. in a lifetime player. How many players you've never heard of were the best thing ever coming out of high school, coming out of college, and they're complete wash up. So I your mean, point to this is if you start doubling down on every minor leaguer who could be something you're going to lose a lot of money right. you're going to lose you a may ton hit, of money you may hit a palantir yeah. and he believes in this he goes into his belief but in 2000 gonna... if you bought all those nasdaq.com bubble stocks you would have doubled your money from 2000 to 2020. for those of you who think it's good that's three percent return a year and of that doubling 80 percent came from microsoft apple and amazon and amazon's up 30 over over 30 times more than it was in 2000 and 80 percent of the gains came from that you only doubled you only made three percent a year so you went and bet on every single possible kevin garnett and you finally got three kevin garnett's and guess what happened you still only you still lag the entire market because the market's done seven percent a year with dividends since 2000 or six and a half percent so guys keep overpaying keep trying to find the next lebron and kevin garnett more power to you, but don't cry 20 years from now when you've had a ton of duds. And then don't be that guy who's like, look, I found LeBron over here. Yeah, but you spent, yeah, but you, spent. You, you lost 100 times your money. Right. You lost uh, you lost it all on 99 companies waiting for LeBron to make you 50 times your money. Right. You still lost. Mm -hmm. Dominate it. Now, you have to believe that Palantir is either Kevin Garnett or Kobe Bryant for this valuation to make sense. But I actually believe in it. And a lot of people do. And all it's right, fine. pause. We're done watching the video.
There's no other reason to go oh, forward because so. all, all Tom is saying is, I believe this is Kevin Garnett and, 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 and LeBron. More power to okay. you. I guess you're right. More power to you. We don't. At, at, at this point, we don't. I mean, let's look in two or three years. Maybe. By the way, I don't care. It could very well be it that case. Be. But That's if you the, apply this same thing right, to right. a bunch of, you are going to lose. Great, Tom. You think the next big one? Awesome. That's not my investment philosophy. Right, That's not right. investment. That's speculation. Right. It is total speculation. Because it, the, the, is, the term is, itself is, is total belief. speculation. Yeah. It, it, no, it has no fundamental. When he says it's fundamental, no, you're not basing it on fundamentals. You're basing it on the company thinking they're the next, the biggest um, software company in the world. Great. You had this argument against me, Kevin, because he said, if you believe, you have to believe. If, if you, you believe, believe in, I mean, I can believe in whatever I want. I, I believe that if I, if I know something's going to be worth a dollar and I can buy it for 50 cents, that's what I believe in. I don't, I always joke with people. I say, if I can buy a, a bag of dog poop for a dollar today and sell it for $2 tomorrow, I'll buy it. Of course. <laughs> what? I've true. always said that. It's 100% true. That's true. That's true. When people say, what do you do for a living? I say, I'm an investor. What, what do you invest in? Whatever, Whatever I think I can make money in. Yeah. If it's real estate stocks, listen, Tom, I appreciate the uh, the video. I appreciate you uh, just learning about us. Um, and I just look at it going, hey, we can say we're fundamental. It's like me saying I'm a hype investor. I'm a hype investor. No, I'm not. I'm a growth investor, as is, as is shown in my discounted cash flow model that I have. It is based on growth. The, the, the most important aspect of what you pay for any company is, what's the future prospect? My entire investment thesis is based on growth. Exactly. Yeah. Now, growth can be negative. Growth can be positive. Growth can be a little. Growth can be a lot. If a company I think is going to have a lot of growth, I'm willing to pay more for it. If it's going to decline, I'm willing to pay less for it. That's a difference between me and everybody else. Everybody else is only buying companies that they think have a massive growth, and they say they're not willing to pay whatever they, they can, whatever they can for it. But they but do. Their but actions, they're paying for their it. Actions they're are doing that. Exactly. Yeah. Because how many shares, I mean, it's just, there's just way too much. Yeah, in the end, I, I sort of thought, you know, our whole video about Palantir wasn't actually about, it's not about the idea of a Palantir it's or a Nikola or a Workhorse or a CCIV. It's 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 about the mindset. Do we of hear the, about Nikola and Workhorse and no, CCIV they anymore? They go. These were the, these three companies were the biggest hype well, three and, months and ago. And I hate to say it, later in the video, you know, Tom brings up the idea that they need some sort of government contract. He says Palantir? it's. Palantir? Yeah, they need some sort of government mm -hmm. contract. So I'm thinking to myself, well, we've heard this story before. So if you're new Can to- Can I ask a question? Go ahead. Name me the biggest companies in the world that rely on the government. Yep. I'll wait. Yeah. I'll wait too. Crickets. Well, that's our take. Tom, uh, we appreciate you jumping on our live stream. Go Blue. Um, yeah, uh, th thanks, for call thanks for reacting to our video. And, um, you know, uh, maybe one day we can get together and, and have you guys talk about this too. Uh, maybe I should, uh, maybe I should go into my discounted cash flow analysis and change my uh, growth. Oh, wait, already in there. We got to have a belief section. <laughs> How much, what percent do you believe in this company? 80%. <laughs> okay. Buy it. As a matter but of fact, if you look at who going back to that government thing, Tesla is heavily reliant on the government to make money they are but in a, in, a, in a different way but yes. in a different way but i mean it doesn't matter which way they're coming in they're getting money from the government by the way so, i guess i have a tax credit for my car don't don't tell me about it. i bought a test and didn't get that so okay guys <laughs> yeah follow tom he's great uh and uh follow us tickle a thumbs up and uh we love him thanks for watching Much love.